0: We have many differences. We have different colors of hair. We have different colors of eyes. Some of us are tall. Some of us are short. Some of us would ask for chocolate ice cream. Some would ask for vanilla. Some would ask for a scoop of both. But we all share something in common. We all sin. The Bible puts it in no uncertain terms. In Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's bad news we separated from God in our sin. The Bible, however, never leaves us with just the bad news. God provides the answer. First John 1, 9 tells us if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. We all fail. We all fall short of God's glory. And when we do, God has the answer. To get the answer, there's something we have to do. First, we have to face the facts. To know the answer to any question, you have to first know the question. Even in the game Jeopardy!, Alex Trebek will remind the contestants that their response must be in the form of a question. Even though grammatically that may be reversed, the contestants still have to have a question and an answer. No one could win if they didn't have a clue. To get the answer, we have to know the question. And that's where 1 John 1-9 starts. If we confess our sins. The word for confess means to agree or to admit. It comes from two words which have the same speech. In this instance, it takes on the legal connotation of confessing or acknowledging. It's the picture of someone in a courtroom acknowledging the evidence, facing the fact that they are guilty of the crime. Initially, we don't see it that way. We try to explain our sin away as some product of nature or nurture. If only we'd lived somewhere else or if only something else had happened to us. But deep down, we know the reality. We did it. We sinned. No manner of explanation will change that. The reality is peace can only come not from denying our sin, but in openly confessing it to God, agreeing that He's right. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now, within that verse is a key central truth. The cutoff, the measurement, is the glory of God. We cannot simply be good enough. We have to be as perfect as God is, and we are not that. It's one of the most frustrating things of taking my car in for service, trying to tell the mechanic exactly what's wrong. I don't want to look completely ridiculous, but when I walk in the repair shop, both I and the mechanic know the truth. I have no idea what I'm talking about. I'll say something like, my car's running a little rough, and I think maybe the distributor cap is going bad. Which the mechanic will interpret as, this guy wouldn't know the difference between a distributor cap and a baseball cap. But what he says is, no problem, we can take care of that. I sign a few papers, I hand him my keys, and the next day the car's fixed. The mechanic explains what actually was wrong with my car. I nod like I have a clue what he's talking about, and I drive my car home with what I believe is the healthiest distributor cap in town and grateful that a mechanic actually fixed what was wrong. To fix what's wrong, you have to know what's wrong. The Bible rips off the Band-Aid and shows us what's really wrong. We've all sinned. We all fall short of the glory of God. It's the lie Satan would love you to believe, that you're good enough. It's the lie he tells through every other world religion, going all the way back to the pagan religions of the Old Testament days. If you just do enough, then you can appease the gods and be okay. Everything old is new again. Satan still passes that same drivel as the truth, that somehow we can make ourselves good enough. We can't. The goal is not to be good enough. The requirement is to match the perfection and glory of God. We don't even come close. Which makes God's answer even more amazing. Where we fail, God prevails. When we finally admit our need, God does something amazing. Again First John one nine tells us, "If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. When we finally admit our need to God, when we agree with his diagnosis that our sin has separated us from him, he doesn't turn away. Instead, he is faithful and just, he's faithful to his promise. Jeremiah 31, 34, God says, For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. Psalms 103, 12 tells us, As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgression from us. It's not just that God forgives us. Other people can do that. Most of us have wronged someone and felt the joy of hearing them say, Hey, it's okay, I forgive you. Those are wonderful words. And God does forgive us completely He doesn't hold our sin against us. But God goes one step further. He does what no one else can do. He purifies us from all unrighteousness. When I accidentally poured red paint on my mother's favorite rug, she forgave me. I was still her son. But the rug still had a red spot in the middle of it. No amount of scrubbing or treating could get rid of it. So we put the coffee table over it. I was glad I was still my mom's son. I enjoyed being in the family, and she really did make good pie. But even when the coffee table was hiding the evidence, I still knew that red stain was there. God goes one step farther, even than forgiving us, farther than anyone else can go. Others can forgive us, but the stain is still there. We can't go back and undo what we did, but God can. Through the perfect sacrifice of Christ, God not only forgives us, He cleanses us. He purifies, not just in part, but from all unrighteousness. Whatever stain of sin you have in your life, whatever load of guilt you carry, God can take that away. When we know Christ is our Savior, when God looks at us, He doesn't just see the mess we've made with our life. What He sees is the perfect righteousness of Christ. Heavenly Father, Thank you that when you look at us, you don't see the stain of sin, the mess we've made of our life, the mistakes and faults and ridiculous things that we've done. When we know Christ, when you look at us, what you see is not our sin, but Christ's perfection. For that, Heavenly Father, we give you thanks this day. In Jesus' name, amen.